What up, good people? Welcome to the Wave of the World podcast. This podcast was created to discuss various topics ranging from black culture, investing, and the betterment of self-health. Through this, we can understand the world better as well as ourselves. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Wave of the World podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Jacob Bodega, and to the left of me, I'd like to introduce the magic mama, the boundless badass creatrix, the designer, the creator, the plant mama herself, Ashley Turner. Oh my God! That is the best introduction I've ever had. Hi. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. This this isn't a formal interview. You... <laughs> I know, I was thinking about it. I was like, should I ask him questions? I was like, no, I'm the guest, so like, he's going to ask me questions. No, feel free to do whatever you want. The whole podcast is the freestyle. Obviously, I have cool. things that I'd, I'd like to talk about. It's cool if we don't get there, but either way, here we go. Yeah. Um, so, I wanted both of us to speak on our friendship and how it came to be. We, um, Me and Ashley have been friends since 20. 20- 16, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think so. So five years now. Um, mm-hmm. We were already talking about it, but how did we meet? Um, well, we were both fre- no sophomores in interior design at the school that we went to in TSU. Um, and you sat next to me. No, you sat and- next to me. I mean, okay, wait, just kidding. I cleaned your desk for you, and you were like, wow, this girl can clean a desk. I'm going to sit next to her because that'll benefit me. No, I'm just playing. But you were, for some universal force, put you next to me, and our friendship blossomed from my items always being on your desk and you being okay with it. To expound on the desk situation, it was basically like mega desk in the office. Whenever Jim, the quiet Jim, whenever he went away for extended periods of time, Dwight would combine all of the desks and use all of all of the space, all of the computers, all of the things. Just imagine that, but Jim never leaving. I was always there, and Ashley's stuff was everywhere. But I can't always be, in this. Yeah, I can't harp on somebody for like how they process things creatively but like I was telling Ashley before we started uh, that I've always admired her one her work ethic two her her like aptitude to create and Mm -hmm. how she carries herself regardless of who's around or what situation she's in I've always admired that about her Mm, thank you um, and I was just saying about you, wait, I hear an echo, just so you know. I don't know if that's on your end or my end or if it matters. Okay. Um, sorry. Anyway, I was saying about you, like you were always this strong, silent, like mysterious type in the class. You were one of two men in class, um, the only straight man in class. And you have this soft-spoken, like, calm demeanor. And you were, by the grace of whatever, placed directly in the middle of me and Bryce, who was chaotic, and that whole little cluster. And Bryce and I were talking about it last night, how, like, both... Because both you and Charlotte, who sat across from you, were these super hardworking, you know, kind of... Once you got into your groove, you're like, don't talk to me. Not that you ever said that, but that was kind of like the vibe that you gave off. Like, I'm in my zone. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't talk to me. Oh, my God. Leave me alone. Because it's kind kind of like whenever you, like, you get, like, a thought going or get an idea going and, like, someone, like, interrupts you. And then you're like, what was I doing? And you were, like, on a roll. That, that to me, is, like, the most frustrating thing. Like, you don't get mad at the person that interrupted you, but you get mad at yourself because you can't get back on that track that you were going on because it's, like, boom, 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 stop. Yeah, and it's, like, hard stop, too. And, you know, like, actually, like, I read somewhere that it takes 
like 20 minutes, I think, I don't know, fact check me on that 20 minutes to like, get your focus back from where it was. Mm. So like if your phone goes off or someone interrupts you, like it takes a full 20 minutes to get back into that flow. Mm. Um, but yeah, me and Bryce were both this like chaotic, explosive, eccentric energy all the time. And like you and Charlotte, like I think you guys are the reason we actually got through interior design school because without you guys, like, like if I were to have sat next to Bryce, I wouldn't have gotten anything done. And like you guys were our anchors. Like, okay, they're not goofing off. So we should probably stop goofing off. And like just these people to remind us like, okay, come back down to earth for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Speaking about school, since we both graduated over Zoom, uh, Mm -hmm. what are you currently working on? And how has the pandemic affected you job wise since? everything shut down basically because yeah. our school semester just got cut off right in the middle of it. Yeah. Our senior semester mm-hmm. too. And I don't know about you, but like to me, it almost feels like I didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember getting my, my cap in the mail and I was, I was almost depressed. Like my mom was like, Oh my God, it's your cap. Like, cool. And I was like, okay, like, what What do you want me to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have anywhere to wear it to. I'm not going to wear it in an outfit. Well, maybe I'll wear it in an outfit. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, no, since then, I, so I moved back in with my parents over spring break. Mm-hmm. So, like, right when school canceled, I, like, went home. And it was funny, too, because, like, my stepdad being a doctor, he has been, he was watching the coronavirus like unfold since the last December. (laughs) And he said to me one night, he was like, I don't care where you're at, what you're doing, who you're with. If we text you and tell you to come home, you get in the car and you go. Mm -hmm. And like from that, I literally like, because he was like, everyone's going to be watching the TV when we go on lockdown and you're going to have an extra two minutes ahead of everybody before the close of state borders and, you know, blah, 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 this, like, and if your car gets stopped, you're going to have to walk through the woods. And Jacob, I'm telling you, like, I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Got a duffel bag. I made a go bag. I got a compass. I got a whistle. I bought some boots. I got some nice socks in case I needed to be outside for some reason. Like I put my hammock in there. Like I was like, yo, I'm about to, you know, go walking dead on this and have to cross the river and get to my house and be covered in mud. And anyway, so I've been with them since March. Um, and they're both immunocompromised. My stepdad has type one diabetes and my mom has, um, a heart condition Mm -hmm. and they being doctors or my stepdad being a doctor, like the private, we have a private practice and it's a small practice. Um, and like, PPE, which I'm sure we all are familiar with is uh, personal protective equipment, all went to the major hospitals in the area. Like Mm -hmm. our facility can't even get PPE the way that we have gotten PPE in the past. Because there's like, you know, big medical vendors and you can say like, oh, I'm in medicine, like blah, blah, send it to me. Like, um, but now like the prices, like I think we could get 20 masks for like $200. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the amount, like, I mean, like, we're all hopefully relatively used to wearing masks now. But, like, in a medical setting, like, you walk into a room with a patient, you have a new mask. You walk out, you ditch that mask. Mm-hmm. You get another mask. So, like, between one patient and, you know, a doctor and assistant, you can easily go through, like, five masks before they leave, mm-hmm. if not more. So we, you know, they went to telemedicine and moving everything like online. And because of their condition, I can't be exposed to anybody because if I'm exposed and I bring it home, they could die. So Mm. this is my really long way of saying I've been unemployed since March. (laughs) 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 And all the reasons why. Um, And like I've looked for online work here there. Like I got a job with... um, I don't know if you're familiar with Havenly. 
but it's like a online interior design service kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So I got a job with them, <clears throat> which turned out to be absolutely baloney. Like they were asking for like three digital inspiration boards and then like a final inspiration board plus any kind of edits that your client wants you to do on it. You're supposed to be available to your client like 24 seven and you could only source things from their database, which seems like, okay, like that makes it a little bit easier. The way they set their database up, Jacob, I wanted to scream at it. Like it was like, I'll give you an example. I was like looking for like a pink chair or like I was looking for chairs and I'd scroll down and I'd see a pink chair and I'd be like, oh, pink chairs are cool. Let me look for pink chairs. So I'd, you know, go into the color thing and click pink. And no chairs would show up. It would just be this one pink, like, um, like beanbag or something. And I was like, how do you expect me to work in these conditions? <laughs> but to say all that, like, they only were guaranteeing, like, $40 per client after that. So it was, like, several, several hours worth of work. And, like, I know you are familiar with, like, what it takes to really, like, design something and get all the pictures high quality and crop them and put it in to Photoshop or put it into InDesign or like PowerPoint. Like it is not a quick process. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to do that. And I've just kind of been kicking it. I started um, my art page, which I'm excited for because I wanted to have like an Instagram handle that I could market as more professional Mm -hmm. and kind of show off who I am not in my personal life and like artistically um, and that I can like show to employers and I don't know, maybe get discovered or something. I don't know. Who knows? Mm. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, like I literally, like I haven't seen anyone since last March. It's just been me and my mom and my stepdad, which is great. <laughs> So, blink twice if you're okay. <laughs> I'm okay. No, it really is. Like, I I feel very lucky because not everyone has a relationship with their parents like I do. And, like, the idea of, like, moving back in with your parents might, you know, be terrifying. And you might feel like, you know, you've regressed in your life. But I also, like, within this solitude, I came on this epiphany. Like, I like my mom and I like my stepdad. And, like, if I like these people, why wouldn't I want to spend, you know, as much time as I could with them? Because Mm -hmm. there's going to be a point in my life where I'm not going to get to spend any more time with them. And this whole idea of, like, you're not successful if you're still living with your parents at 24 or 25 or 26. Like, I think it's baloney. And Mm -hmm. I think it's sold to us by capitalism. And... (laughs) You know, maybe that's my way of coping, but I like the outlook that I've found from it. And I'm enjoying myself. I really am. So, you know, it's not all bad. I don't like that mentality either just because um, we're not all on. First of all, we all don't have the same jobs. Two, we Mm -hmm. all work at our own pace, regardless of Mm -hmm. what our job is. We all we all do that. Um, But speaking about working. This man seems like he does not need to work whatsoever. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on Elon Musk passing Jeff Bezos as the richest man in the world. Ah, okay. Um, I think in general, that amount of money is insane to have. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, good <clears throat> job, good for you, but what are you going to do with it? And I think it's kind of backwards in our country that we we all, you know, like, what is the American dream anymore, right? Like, everyone wants to be rich and famous and have yachts and do this and do that. And, like, most of us are closer to being homeless than we are to ever being a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that said, like, we, you know, for lack of a better word, like, worship these people for being able to obtain all this wealth and really have like limitless possibilities. And like, that's what we want. Like we want these limitless possibilities. We want to do whatever we can. And unfortunately that costs money. But my point with that is, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, 
cool. Good for you. I hope you do something good with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I think, like, I mean, Tesla, I kind of feel, hmm, I, okay, I'm going to be honest and say that I don't know too much about either of them. But I like <clears throat> Elon Musk better than Jeff Bezos. I feel mm-hmm. like Elon is on this precipice of, like, putting us in the future, like the future we imagined 30 years ago where everything is stainless steel and we have flying cars and like that kind of future. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Jeff Bezos is just like a rat and it's just like hoarding. <laughs> things, you know? And like, and like everyone works at Amazon and you know, like it's, you see like one, like want ads or like for higher ads, like an Amazon all the time. And like everyone, you know, uses that as an opportunity to make money, which I think is awesome. But it's also like, you know, the kind of place that works you to your bones. And it's not, it's not a great place to work. And it's available. And it's unfortunate that something so available is also a place where, you know, employees are exploited. And, you know, you just use for labor and it sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. I like Elon a little bit. He's my space daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little biased, but, I, you know, I hope he does something good with it. I hope, you know, it can be recycled back into the community somehow. I mean, like, somebody with that much money could be, like, you know, you could do so much good with it. Like, what's the point of holding on to it, you know? So with, with that being said, two questions. One, okay. how much money is too much? And two, what would you do with that amount of money? Now, he does have, like, a certain amount of, like, cash, like, readily available. But his net worth is $183 billion. With a B. Okay. With a B. Um, what was the first question again? How much money is too much money? Because I've seen um, different graphics presented on, like, Instagram or Facebook or whatever of Mm -hmm. the the value well first of all i when i was i was in atlanta last month and i passed a billboard and it said that the like the world debt like combining everyone's debt to each other was somewhere within the trillions and it was like three digits which doesn't Mm -hmm. really make sense to me like there's not enough money circulating to pay for all the debt that everybody owes each other so that, right, but who, like, if the world is in debt, like, like who, who do we who, owe? Exactly. Like, where does it go? Like, who are we paying here, you know? And then, um, well, what was I saying? I was talking about the debt. World debt. Elon Musk. Tesla. Never mind. Go ahead. Answer the question. <laughs> okay. How much money is too much money? Um... Okay, so I live by the mantra of it's always coming, it's always going. Mm-hmm. And partly because I'm broke as a joke right now, having a great time. Uh, but, like, like, I think in order to, you know, make money, you have to spend money. And you can't always hold on to it. And there's things that, you know, besides your basic necessities, there's things worth spending money on. And... Like, money, to me, is, like, the root of all awesome. Like, you, which I got from a book, by the way, not not coming from my brain. I'm reading a lot of books these days. But anyway, um, but, like, money, you can't buy happiness, but you can buy a lot of things that make you happy. And it's not things in excess, but they it opens up opportunities. And I think, I don't have an exact number for how much money is too much money um, because much, I feel like I I should have posed the question differently. How much money is too much for you personally? Oh. Like you, Ashley Turner, your life living with mom and stepdad. Oh. Well. How much? Well, that's such a loaded question though because obviously I could do a lot with a lot of money right now. Exactly. And it would be great. Mm-hmm. How much? And and I don't want to give a low number because I don't want to tell the universe that like, you know, I think I'm worth less than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but I don't know. 
know. I mean, like, I feel like if we were making upwards of like $500,000 a year and not spending that same amount of money on whatever, then I feel like that would be too much. Like if you have more than you can spend, that's too much. Because I feel like the whole point and concept of money is if you have it, you not give it away per se, but you, you put it back and it comes back and it's this cycle. And I think that's where, you know, Bezos and maybe Elon are messing up this cycle mm-hmm. is by not putting that money back into where it needs to go. Like, um, so like at the beginning of March or April, I forget which one it was, but Jeff Bezos, he, he became the richest man in the world. Then he got divorced. So he had to give half of that money to his wife who helped him Mm -hmm. create the concept of Amazon. She ended up giving last week, um, she ended up giving an HBCU, I think in like, North Carolina or something. She gave him twenty five mm-hmm. million dollars, and their endowment before that it was like two to three million dollars, which mm-hmm. to me makes absolutely no sense. Like Harvard and Yale and UCLA and uh, oh, let's forget all those. UCLA's endowment alone, which is the money that they receive from alumni donors, blah blah blah, whatever. Mm-hmm whatever amount it may be, their endowment is larger than any other, or all the HBCUs combined, which to me is like, it doesn't actually like physically make sense when you try adding up the numbers. But Mm -hmm. like, for for me personally, I'll answer my own question. Um, Yeah. I would say too much money for like a, I guess it depends on your situation. I am a man, no children, not married. I would say $2 million. Anything over $2 million, I don't know what I would do with. Like $2 million in one sum? Or is it like you're still making money and it gets back up to $2 million? And like $2 million dollars made over the course of a year. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, at that point, you you open opportunities over. you like, okay, I do have too much money. What can I do with it? Like, who needs it more than I do? Mm-hmm. Which, and I think, like, that... Go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, but which I think, like, is where, you know, a lot of people mess up. And, and it's the greed that comes along with it, too, I guess. And, like, no doubt, like, if you... Obviously, you earned it. Because you have it, you know, whether you exploit people in the process or you don't, you still earned it. And like, that's cool. I guess you get to do whatever you want with it. But it's like, you know, you we, didn't we teach didn't we teach our kids to share a long time ago? They're they're being taught different things in um, in private schools and different schools. But I did want to I'm, present this news topic to you because I'm working on my transitions. If y'all have been listening for over a year. I'm working on it, I promise. So speaking You're doing of, great. <laughs> speaking about basically giving away money, there was a 12-year-old girl in California who raised $500,000 for a homeless man who returned um, her grandmother's wallet. <clears throat> so okay. the woman, the girl's name is Michaela Gunard. Um mm-hmm. And the the homeless man, his name was Sean Curry. And okay. he was looking for food outside of a dumpster and he found a missing wallet belonging to Michaela's grandmother. So she started a GoFundMe page and now it's at $50,000. So what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? I think, okay, I think that's amazing because... A, crowdfunding and, like, fundraising is hard. Mm-hmm. I've tried it. It's hard. Um, and I think it's an an amazing initiative for someone her age to take, and especially that, you know, she sees somebody in need, mm-hmm. and she says, I'm going to do something about this. And that's huge. Like, that's one small step in, you know, 
in a life of activism and, you know, fighting for the underdog and that kind of thing. And I think that's awesome. I think it's awful that we live in a world where we have to crowdfund for homeless people mm-hmm. to survive. That a child has to crowdfund for homeless people to survive. Or like um, crowdfund to pay for a surgery. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like the whole concept of St. Jude's Hospital. You know, you see those commercials where, you know, oh, we're sick kids. Give us $20 a month so we can keep saving these kids from dying mm-hmm. of cancer. I think in concept that's great. But at the same time, it's also exactly what I think a lot of the younger generation and like liberals or left-leaning people or progressives are trying to accomplish for everyone. And like at this point, it's like it's virtuous to it's to to give somebody money that doesn't have it when you have and like you can feel good about it. Like I donate to St. Jude's, you know, every month. I, not me personally. I'm just saying in general. Like you can say that and you can deduct it from your taxes and you get a pat on the shoulder when that whole concept is, for lack of a better word, socialism. You know, mm-hmm. like getting other people to pay for what you need because you can't afford it. And like a lot of people are fighting against that when it's already happening just in like a covert way to make the people donating feel better about what they're doing. It's like, let me give you this choice. And like, you know, sometimes people don't make the best choices. So like, wow, (laughs) this wouldn't be a problem in the first place. If we had socialized medicine, (laughs) you know, Sorry, I don't know. I feel like I went off a little off topic. But my point stands is like, I think I think it's awesome that she did that. But I also think it sucks that we live in a world where that has to happen. Like we live in the the richest country in the world and people are living on the streets and and starving. And we have food, what's it called? Food deserts, like Mm -hmm. in the Midwest where, you know, there's no fresh food or like your only store is like a dollar general and can't get good food at a dollar general and like it's it's just so it's so backwards mm-hmm. that we have the resources but we don't share them freely we're not eager to lift each other up like if it's if it's gonna get make us money or make us look good or make us feel better like we will pick that path over the the just not justified righteous maybe or just like the the good path the path that you should be on as a good person <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't think i was thinking about this the other day i don't think anybody is inherently good or inherently bad but i do think mm-hmm. that the, the decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis first of all whenever you get caught up in your like daily life doing anything you can like kind of let some emotions and like your clear-minded judgment like sit by the wayside while you try to just get things done so um i i agree with you for the for the most part i was actually listening to a podcast earlier this morning um and they were talking about like the stanford prison experiment Mm -hmm. are you familiar with that not at all please okay so essentially essentially what it is is like back in Oh, my God. What year was it? I don't know. Back in like the 60s or the late 50s or maybe the 70s. I don't know. A long time ago, um, there was this uh, psychology professor and he did this experiment um, in the basement of Stanford. And basically he had like, um, let's say like 20 students, 20 subjects. And like they flipped a coin and like half of them were guards and half of them were inmates Mm -hmm. and he was trying to prove that like authority in the prison system is what causes like um the prison system to be so bad and like people will lean towards a more aggressive stance if they're in a um like position of authority and there's a lot of myths like that this particular podcast debunks because it basically like the accepted idea behind this study was that 
because the students, half the students were in uniform, they started making all the students that were inmates do like really bad things and were like punishing them and like putting bags on their head, like only because they were in this position of power. Mm -hmm. And it's not exactly true. Like that did happen, but there was a lot of um, influencing from the scientists and like saying like, you need to be a little, like one kid was like, you know, I'm not comfortable with doing this. And the scientist literally was like, I need you to be more like a guard in a prison. So basically taking the stereotypical idea of a prison and, you know, placing it and saying like, oh yeah, because they're in positions of authority, that's why they're being so rude and awful to these people. When in fact, it wasn't like that. And it's not necessarily like the authority. It's It depends on like the background of these people, like why they're there, like what kind of people would sign up for an experiment like this. And like another experiment they did later was that people who answered this, um, what's it called, this ad for this experiment, they personality tested them and they lean more aggressive than your regular person would. Hmm. Um, But my point being is that like, it's like we always we have this argument of like nature versus nurture are you naturally like that where you grow did you grow up in this environment but it's also you know has so much more to do with your exactly what you're saying like your state of being at that present time and you know what is is are you uncomfortable is something annoying you are you under stress right now like and I kind of forgot what we were talking about before this <laughs> Stanford prison experiment and people being inherently good or inherently bad, which is not what you think. Um, but yeah, and it's true. Like exactly what, basically what I'm saying is you're right. Like it depends on a lot of factors and it can't just be boiled down to, are you a good person or are you a bad person? It's like, who are you with? What are the, you know, what kind of people are around you? Are they good people? Are they bad people? Are they attacking you? Are they not attacking you? Like it's so much more than just like, this is how I was raised or not, you know? Yeah. So I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Sorry. If I talk too much, just like, just give me a little, you know. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. This is why it's a lot easier to go back and forth, um, bouncing conversation off um, with people than, you know, me just talking about myself, reading your facts. (laughs) But, um, what else do we have today? So we're definitely going to do a Mount Rushmore, but we'll do that in about five minutes. But I wanted to take a little break just to let you all know. Again, I want to reiterate that a couple of people have um, given me some feedback on the podcast. Um, what, what I need to work on when when I need to work on it. So just putting this out there. You can catch me here every at the beginning and end of every month on Thursdays. I'm sticking to that for the whole year. And you can also join the Patreon. You can join for as low as $2 a month. You get early access. You get um, access to uh, merchandise drops whenever I decide to do those. Um, And sometimes I even do extra videos for the Patreon. They get exclusive content that I don't put out for the rest of the world. Um, shout out to everybody on Patreon supporting. But other than that, let's go to. Do you know who Dogface is? No. Have you seen the TikTok of the dude skateboarding down the highway, listening to Dreams, drinking cranberry juice? Yes. That is who Dogface is. <laughs> Okay. So, cool. I like him. <laughs> this man, he probably had like the biggest glow up of <laughs> 2020 and is continuing to 2021 because Joe Biden invited him to the inauguration. And what? just off of his video that's at like 3 million views now. This man has bought a car. This man has bought a house. He signed a deal with Ocean Spray. All for skateboarding down the highway, listening to some Fleetwood Mac. Um, I mean, it, it was a vibe, though. Like it, it is. We all needed that in that moment. I think, like, he came up 
at the right time. <laughs> it was just, for everyone. Like, sorry, go ahead. It was just I still I to this day I will never understand the just like the concept of money and debt in like the world. I will never understand yeah. the concept of virality, how it happens, why it happens, and how quickly it happens. It just makes no sense to me. Well, I think like in this case, it's something that we can all relate to, you know, like maybe we're not all long borders or, you know, fans of ocean spray, but we can all relate to (laughs) (laughs) the feeling of just like that carefree, I'm going down the interstate on my longboard. I'm listening to Fleetwood Mac. I'm going to drink me some ocean spray. It's all good, baby, baby. That kind of thing. And, like, especially with everything going on, I think it really was, like, the perfect, like, timing. I think with virality or something going viral, like, it's got to be right place, right time. And in his case, it was right place, right time. And we all needed that moment of just, like, take a breather, drink some ocean spray, Mm -hmm. sing a song. You know what I mean? Like life, like so much is going on, but all you can control is like where you're at in the moment. And when we see him riding on that longboard or skateboard, we're in that moment with him. (laughs) (laughs) And collectively the whole world is in that moment drinking ocean spray. (laughs) And it was just like a reprieve and it's happy. It's like the whole reason why cats are so popular on the internet Mm-hmm. Because we see it and they make us happy and it releases dopamine and serotonin in our brains. And it's it's a phenomenon really, but like that's why we keep coming back is because it's like that little moment of like, you know, away from doom scrolling and away from everything that's going on around you. It's like a mental break seeing somebody do that. Which, <laughs> I think it's awesome though. Yeah, that's why I've spoken about it a number of times. Um, on this podcast and with people in conversation, I feel like there should be a news outlet that specifically only reports on good news because a lot of our news, first of all, it repeats the same thing across a bunch of different platforms. But the reason that there are a bunch of different platforms is because people try to manipulate headlines and make it sound differently than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. But Rarely do you see good news for more than like two to three minutes. Like if say there's 10 segments on a newscast within an hour, one out of Mm -hmm. those 10 might be good news. And that's just maybe, maybe. but the other nine, they'll just be like, yeah, three people were shot. Uh, This grocery store got robbed. Um, Trump said something. What, whatever the case may be like it. Yeah. It never stops. Like, it's always around us, like, all the time. And, like, you know, arguably, I understand it from, you know, sensationalism and, like, violence is, you know, we're kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? We are desensitized Mm. to violence in America. And, like, me and my stepdad talk about this a lot because it's, it's it's weird because we are this country that is like christian based and like you know no sex before marriage and don't teach kids about the bodies because they're going to go and have sex and like because we like inhibit our children and ourselves from diving into these real very real portions of our lives like at the same time america has like upped the violence like PG-13 movies are about war and about, you know, fighting and, you know, Jackie Chan. And I mean, I love Jackie Chan, but you know what I mean? Like, it's all just like <laughs> action movies and, like, explosions and let's do this and let's I, kill people. And, like, I was trying to we, follow you where you were going. You, you <laughs> said, Vi- no sex before marriage, you know, Christian-based country, violence, war, gun, drugs, Jackie Chan. But Jackie continue. Chan! <laughs> but you know what I mean like just you know just I mean we violence is fed to us through a feeding tube in this country and violence is more accepted than sex Mm. and it's like we're we're used to it now and it's like no big deal now even though like it is a big deal like we're 
we're just used to it. You know what I mean? We're sensitized to it. That's why we can have 3,000 people dying a day and we're like, oh, oh, okay, just another day. You know, like, it doesn't mean as much to us anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I understand, like, why, like, news would want to focus on that because it attracts views and, like, the worse, the better, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But... At the same time, you have to remember, like, when watching this, just because you don't see it happening, as much bad stuff that there is in the world, there is good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it's still, like, as just as someone dies every day, someone is born every day. And just as someone is hurt, someone is feeling good. And, like, you have to just, you know, tell yourself that it is going on, even if you can't see it. On another note... Um, John Krasinski, who plays Jim in The Office, has a little channel called SGN, which is some good news, mm-hmm. where he goes on and talks about some good news. <laughs> I, also, so. I follow a couple of um, mental health pages. I'll try to tag them whenever I get done editing. I know one of them is Tank's Good News, and then the other one is the, uh, the Depression Bible. So real, those are two really good um, pages that I follow because I had to kind of like you I feel like you become what you surround yourself with so in our social media timelines if you're if you see a hundred posts a day and whatever they may be I feel like they will in turn like make or not make you but influence how you go about your day if that makes sense 100 percent. i think i can't remember exactly where i heard it but i was like kind of searching for the same thing like uh motivational instagrams and you know self-help for lack of a better word and things like that and something that stuck out to me was you know you are what you eat Mm -hmm. and that can be you know, with food, like taken literally, but it also means everything that you consume, you are. And like, if you fill your head with, um, you know, things that don't align with who you are or who you want to be, you're, even if you don't want to be those things, your trajectory is still focused in that direction. Mm-hmm. So like this particular person was like, if anything on your feed if it does not make you feel safe, inspired, um, happy, get rid of it. And like, after that, I, I literally went through and like every post I saw, I didn't like, I was like, whoop, block, whoop, block. <laughs> even some people I know, I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I like you as a person. I just don't want to see your life on my feed. And it was kind of weird because I kind of felt like I was shutting them out in real life, but it's my feed. And that sounds so weird, but really, like, that is what I consume, and I want everything I consume as much as possible to be things that inspire me and serve me and make me feel safe. And, like, it honestly, like, I've gone back and forth because I followed some shitty accounts on Instagram for fun because we all do. But, like, it it changes the way, like, I used Instagram. Like, I stopped doom scrolling as much. And when it was just things that, like, didn't, like, that caught my attention but didn't keep my attention, like, I spent less time on it. And when I did go on there, I, it was mo- more intentional than it was just to kind of, like, kill time. Good answer. I recommend. So <laughs> <laughs> I did recommend go through, delete everyone you don't like. No apologies. All right. Um, so with that being said, um, we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, but we're going to do it with a Mount Rushmore and just like the last one, um, with Katie, y'all go listen to that one. Cause that episode was funny. Um, but I wanted to, now I'm not a plant person, but I have one soul orchid that I have not killed. So proud I'm of so you. proud of it. I'd be talking to that. No, orchid. that's awesome. I, I talk to the orchid. Not every day. I talk to it probably like every other day. Water it once a week. Proud of myself. The leaves are still alive. But before this one, I killed the succulent. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I wanted to get a Mount Rushmore of plants from you. 
So just your top four. Um, you can explain okay. why, but you go and then I'll do my four. So like my top four fave plants. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, pothos number one, because it comes in so many different varieties mm -hmm. and it's super easy to propagate and it's, it grows super, super long. I have, I have one like in my house right now that's probably like five feet long. And like, if you don't know what pothos is, it's devil's ivy. It's like the basic vining looking plant. Mm -hmm. They're awesome. I love them. They're the only ones I haven't killed. <laughs> um, so pothos and then monstera because that's a staple. Like just if you Google house plant anything, like you're going to see a monstera. I'm going to Google it right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you should. You'll recognize it, too. It's, like, tropical-looking, and it's got slits in its leaves. A Monstera Deliciosa. It's kind of sexy okay. in the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's number two. Number three is going to be a money tree um, because I have a personal connection to a money tree in my house, and it almost died, and I brought it back to life. And at this point, like, the leaves are growing so big, they're bigger than my head. I love that. I think it's so cool. Um, and then number four, I'd probably say is a Hindu rope, specifically a variegated Hindu rope. And variegation just means it's like a mutation um, where some of its leaves don't have color. And then like some of its leaves where it would be green, it's white. And it's like this really pretty, it looks like a rope. It's like this like tangled looking mess thing that grows really really long oh wait can i have one more i forgot about one you either have to get rid of one that you already said okay or... i'm getting i'm getting rid of the hindu rope okay <laughs> sorry sorry hindu rope um string of pearls that okay. that that's my last one that's a good one i've never been able to keep one alive but <laughs> <laughs> i love them my my mom actually like several times now like because they're hard to find like in you know whole plant sizes mm -hmm. and they'll be in like You'll see like a succulent arrangement that has two or three string of pearls. My mom several times now has like prop lifted them for me to have and like keep and like just broke it off and put it in her pocket and took her with her. <laughs> and uh, I've killed all of them. It's great. I don't know. So my my top four. Uh, forgive me if I don't know the um, the scientific name of them. Like I uh, said who, who at does? the beginning of this episode, she's the plant mom. Uh, but number one orchid, just because it's my guy, it's over there, hasn't died, and I don't know, I've, I don't really feel any differently, like, I, I feel like plants are supposed to make you feel like a certain way, like, I feel mm -hmm. like different plants provide different um, energy for you, but mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, I'm just happy that it's alive, and I'm assuming that it's happy too. Um, yeah number two would be so the succulent that i killed i, I just looked up the the scientific term for it it's called an echeveria mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay it was a mix of that and hawthor hawthoria hawthornia hawthornia maybe yeah. yeah something like that it was a <laughs> mixture of both of those and mm -hmm. i overwatered it so it died but mm -hmm still my favorite because they look I don't I don't know what it is about it but if it like brought like a calming almost like what lavender does to mm -hmm. like like calm your senses that's what it would do for me um mm. number three I would say it would be a bamboo palm just because I like I like the length of them um and I think they they fill up a space even though it doesn't really matter what space it's in. I I just feel like it, you know, it just provides the room with a lot of greenery. Whereas if you had a bunch of small plants, it, I feel like it would be too much. Mm -hmm. And then my I last one, palm. just because I'm a fan of the Karate Kid, speaking about Jackie Chan, is <gasps> the bonsai plant. Just because I mm. like, I feel the that the way that they grow the i feel like it's very abstract and they i don't know they just to me they're like they're like little women like dancing in the wind i don't yeah. know i don't know so i think like i could be wrong but 
Um, so I think like bonsai is what you do to the plant and you can bonsai generally like any plant. Okay. So like I, I got this bonsai kit for Christmas and it was just like these four different types of trees and you shape them and kind of bind them sometimes. And sometimes you like, if a branch is cutting is like coming out and somewhere that you don't want it to, you just like cut it off mm-hmm. and you make it grow the way that you want it to. So it's kind of like an art form. Like my dad, my stepdad bonsai the trees in our front yard, okay. like, <laughs> and they're big, but they're bonsai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's really cool. Like I've actually seen people who bonsai like, um, like uh, cannabis, mm-hmm. so they they alter it to look a certain way, and then its little colas grow, and these like you know exactly where they need to grow, and it's real cute. So oh. if you like that, you should learn it in bonsai. Everything we're we're working on the orchid. <laughs> You're gonna bonsai the orchid <laughs> as long as we don't kill the orchid, then we'll focus on another plant. But yeah, um, orchids are hard too. So snaps to you for that. <laughs> Um, thank you again, Ashley, for being on. Um, I really appreciate it. I always love a good conversation. Like I said, you can always catch me here every at the beginning and end of every month on Thursday. Is there anywhere that the people should follow you for anything that you have upcoming? Ooh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at whiskey sour w h i i s k y sour. I know that's not how you spell whiskey. I'm an idiot. Just go with it. Um, that's my art page. That's where I put all my fun pictures that I take. And if you want to follow Fresh Weave too, you can because that's my other page. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to self promote, but here I am. No, it's so, okay. Thank you. That was for probably one me. of the funniest things whenever I first met you and I asked you what your Instagram was. Like, you didn't even let me finish the word Instagram and you said Fresh Weave. Fresh weave. <laughs> it's just so iconic and precise, and I've had it forever. I love it. So, anyways, I'll see y'all next month in Black History Month, at the beginning of February. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all of your support. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Find me on YouTube at Wave of the World Podcast and send any suggestions or thoughts to waveoftheworld19 at gmail.com. This beat is provided by Terminal Beats.